This podcast is brought to you by real-life captioned eroticas. Check the link in the description for the sexy, visualized stories of your dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by Sexy Short Stories. Link in the description for your quick and mischievous stories. Welcome to my friend's Erotic Stories podcast, Reddit's Best Erotica, where we listen to the best erotica from our friends online. Relax as you spice up your day-to-day lives with a little bit of naughtiness. Feast your eyes to the inspiration of this story, Rachel Starr. Check her Instagram link below. Please enjoy a very hot episode of Your Friend's Erotic Stories. The next story is posted by user Erotic Digital Lover from r slash erotica. The title of this post is The Text. Sit back and enjoy the story. Tom was working on some new test data. It was dull and laborious, but it was the meat of the all the work he and his team had put in on the test vehicle for the past month so. Like it or not he was correlating and tabulating the info for analysis. His phone chirped a text notification. He saw the screen flash but did not take notice of the sender's name. Several minutes had passed before he came to a break in the data and looked up from the monitor. He picked up his phone and looked at the notification. It was a number that wasn't logged into his contacts and while the area code was local, he did not recognize the number. For a moment he was going to delete it as spam but had a second thought to just open it and see if it might be from someone on the team whose cell number he had not yet saved. He clicked on the text and the message opened on his screen. At first, he was confused, who would send him a pornographic image. There it was plain as day on his phone. A picture of a wide-open pussy with a fresh load of cum leaking out and dribbling down her crack and over her asshole. He read the text message. Look closely. You still have time. Bradley's. 6 p.m. He read it again. He thought a moment then chuckled slightly. Not often you get a wrong number for sex and was ready to delete it when he looked at the image again and his heart stopped. He didn't see it at first. His focus was drawn to the leaking pool of cum but now he saw it. On her left leg. In the cleft near her pussy lips. So small that it was unnoticeable until she opened her legs. The tiny mole belonged to Tanya, his wife of the past six years. He looked again, unbelieving, searching for something to disprove what he was seeing with his own eyes but the harder he looked the more certain he became that he was looking up his wife's distended and cum-filled cunt. He read the note again. Bradley's was a local pub, not somewhere he and Tanya had been. It was in the next town over but why Bradley's at 6 p.m.? Tanya was on her way to Boston. Her team was prepping a big proposal. The pitch was scheduled for Monday after lunch. The whole team was flying in today and would meet to finalize the pitch tomorrow and do a complete dress walkthrough on Sunday before the real thing. Tanya was one of the principals so of course she was there to prep. It was 5.15 p.m. She was scheduled to land in Boston at 4.30. Normally she would call when she landed but it was completely reasonable to assume she was caught up in getting the team and all their gear collected and headed for the hotel. He thought about calling but decided to reply to the text first. Nothing too original but completely expected. Who is this? How did you get this picture? Am I supposed to meet you at Bradley's? He began packing up for the day. He decided that he was going to Bradley's. He was going to get an answer one way or another. He texted Tanya. How was the flight? I'm heading out for a bite. Give a call when you're free. He was going to keep it low key and try to get a fix on what was happening. 
He was walking toward his car when his phone chirped again. Tanya, he thought and opened his phone. The text was a reply from the mystery caller. I'll be there but I'm sure you will find someone more interesting than me there. Now his head was swimming. He opened maps on his phone and walked to his car at a quick pace. Bradley's was 30 minutes away. It was 5.40. He would get there shortly after 6 p.m. He had no idea how critical timing was so he would go directly there and hope he was on time for whoever the texter thought he would find interesting. On the ride over his phone chirped again. This time it was Tanya. Crazy time with the team. Call you later before bed. Love you. He didn't think anything of it. Their conversation would come later. He was more interested in his meeting at Bradley's and how the texter came to have such an intimate knowledge of his wife. His heart was beating a mile a minute as he pulled into parking at 6.12. The texter never gave him a hint as to who he was looking for so he assumed that whoever wanted to meet him here knew him and would make contact. But it was the comment about someone more interesting being there that caused him his greatest concern. The texter obviously knew some things that he didn't and he felt like he was walking into a setup yet couldn't think of another way of getting to the bottom of this. It was the picture that had his insides in turmoil. He trusted her completely, and their sex life was great, at least he thought so. But there was only one way someone would end up with a picture of his wife's sloppy pussy, and he was going to find out in about five minutes and the thought of the finality of that answer made him afraid. He stepped in and let his eyes translate to the lower lighting. Not knowing the pub or its layout he stepped to the side of the door a moment, and took in the surroundings. There was a large dining room to his front and a bar off to his left. He moved to the bar and found a seat near the end and sat down. The bartender had just finished filling an order for a well-dressed patron and walked his way to take his order. He asked for draft and turned back to look at the dining area. His focus was drawn the man that had just taken his drink order and was walking across the dining room floor to a table full of smiling people. Then he saw what the texter alluded to, sitting at the table. Accepting a drink from the well-dressed man was Tanya smiling and dressed to impress in her LBD and pearls. He was on autopilot. He stood and walked to the table where Tanya was seated. He was two steps away when she saw him. Her face went from an open smile to a wide-eyed look of fear. He never slowed. When Tom reached the table, he grabbed a handful of the well-dressed man's hair with his left hand. He pulled back, hard and the well-dressed man dropped his drinks and began skidding backwards losing his balance and shouting out in pain. As he pulled the man past him, he let go with his left hand and was ready to deliver a right cross to his face and realized that the man's backward movement was just too fast and he was out of range. Tumbling to his ass before Tom could engage him further, he took one step toward him and recognized him. Don't get up Pete, Tom said. I mean it. The previously well-dressed Pete looked up from his drink-soaked suit in a crumpled heap at Tom's feet. He nodded and did not move or speak. Tom looked back at Tanya. The entire table had gone silent. He recognized several of the people there. They were all a part or Tanya's team and had been to his house for cookouts and get-togethers. I guess team loyalty trumps infidelity he thought. Except for one person. Someone sitting in front of him at this moment was there and knew the truth and decided to tell him. He thought about finding out who it was but only for a moment then decided it wasn't worth pursuing. I'm going home. If you expect any chance at saving our marriage, you'll come home now. She nodded and started to rise but he held up his hand. Better to give me a moment to leave. Before he turned to leave, he looked over at Betty Wilson seated next to Bob Thornton. Betty, does Bill think you are in Boston too? Bob, is that what Alice thinks? They looked down. They couldn't meet his eyes much less answer his question. Is the whole team is shaggy? He thought. He knew at least one of them was. 
The drive home was automatic. He seemed surprised to find he was in his driveway before he even realized it. He let himself in, grabbed a beer from the fridge and sat in the living room. He knew Bill Wilson and Alice Thornton. He didn't recognize the other two couples. All in all, there were four couples there. He debated on calling Bob or Alice. He realized he didn't want to talk and didn't know all that much but at the same time Betty and Bob were lying their asses off. He decided to text them. He shot a quick note to both of them. Team travel plans seem to have changed. Best call to get update. There, now they know something is up and they can choose to investigate it further or not at least his conscience was clear. It was about 20 minutes later when he heard the garage door opening and Tanya drive into the garage. He waited in the living room. She walked in still dressed in her LBD but gone were the come fuck me pumps and jewelry. She seemed calm as she walked into the living room and took a seat opposite him on. He sofa. He stayed quiet and waited for her to begin. He knew just being quiet was a powerful tool in any discussion. He was determined to let the silence wear on as long as it took. It didn't take long. Tanya seemed ready to burst. It's not what you think. She began. He held up his hand for her to be quiet. You have absolutely no idea what I think about what I saw tonight. I answered. I don't want a big backstory. We're both engineers. I think you know as well as I that there is no real or objective answer to any why question. Inevitably it's just a rationale to mitigate the bad results. So, I won't even ask why. Let's start with something easier. How long? How many? How often? Do our friends know? Aside from the other cheaters at the table, am I known as your cuckold amongst your work colleagues and our friends? No Tom, it's not like that at all. Tanya said, We, the team, our travel plans got disrupted and rather than come home and start out again tomorrow Phil suggested we just stay in town and take a down day before we started. I didn't see the whole team there. Where was everyone else? Tom asked. When we got the word, some of the team elected to stay at home one more night then meet us at the airport tomorrow. She admitted, But you decided to lie to me. I said, You looked rather close to Pete. Anything going on between the star engineer? and the Wonder Kid program manager that you would like to tell me. Well, for starters, Pete's alright and he convinced the owners at Bradley's not to press charges. She said in a positive tone. His eyes opened wide in utter amazement at her sense of loyalty. I don't give a flying fuck about your boyfriend. If the dumbass didn't trip on his own feet, I would have broken his nose. The jury's still out on that by the way. I said, let him press charges. I've spent a night in jail before. It doesn't scare me. You have to admit, it will make for compelling testimony. I said with a half smile. Do you love him? Tanya was quiet a moment. He could tell she was gathering her thoughts. Yes, silence was indeed a powerful tool, and his mind was working overtime to fill in the space her silence left in the conversation. Again, this did not look like it would end well. He's not my boyfriend. Absolutely nothing is going on. Yes, I should have told you about the travel plans but it seemed so trivial whether I was in town or in Boston. It doesn't matter. You weren't expecting me. And I was still committed to the team. All we were doing was having a meal before hitting our rooms. There was no reason for you to behave like you did. He was just brining a round of drinks. You totally embarrassed me in front of my team. She was in full-on bluster mode now, seeing if she could bluff and bully her way clear. He opened his phone and brought up the text and slid the phone across the coffee table to her. By the look on her face, he knew that she remembered about the picture and the circumstance and knew there was no denying it. She began again, this time without the bluster. He grabbed the phone from the table and started a voice recording app and put the phone in his shirt pocket. Tom, our team is. She was searching for a word ah. 
Very tight in many ways. Most of us she started. We have a little group that meets regularly. They were all at Bradley's. We were the hard chargers carrying the bulk of the water for the proposal. You know all the time I've been spending getting our pitch together. I don't know how it started really. It was sometime after Pete took over as PM. We worked closely together, and I was attracted to him and it just happened. Tanya said. No wise. He reminded her. Falling into fuck doesn't just happen. Clothes have to come off first. There are lots of conscious decisions that go on. We both know that so don't insult me please. So, nearly six months. He answered one of his questions. That's when Pete signed on right? She nodded. The team, he started again. You all. He let the thought drop without giving it a name. I mean all of you together. She nodded again. Pete said it was good for building trust and team dynamic. Is that what he said to convince you all to start a company fuck crew? Now you're being crude. It's so much more than that. I feel so connected to Pete and my team. Much more so than ever before. Tanya's bravado was showing itself again. He had a bad feeling that this wasn't going to work out well. Sorry to say, you might be seeing some personnel changes on your team. Tom said. What have you done? Tanya gasped. Tom, telling anyone else will just destroy more lives. Leave them to their own decisions we have to come to terms with us. Tanya, you have to know that I can't be complicit by my silence. I like Bob and Alice. Actually, I am liking them a whole lot more than I am liking Betty and Bill right now. He added, I texted them that travel plans seem to have changed. How your buddies answer their spouses and how their spouses accept those answers are entirely up to them. I can sleep with my decision. Tom, we have the most productive team in the history of Cramerica Inc. She nearly screamed at me. And you were benefiting too, mister. Just because we had our team planning meetings Wednesdays didn't mean you missed out at all. You always had access to my pussy whenever you needed. So, I fucked my team a little earlier. That picture you showed me. Do you want to know about that picture? She was sneering at me now. That was right after Phil shot his load in me. That's right, Phil creepied your loving wife. What you don't see is Betty. She took the pic just before she slid between my legs and sucked the cum out of me. You never got sloppy seconds or tasted cum in my mouth or pussy. If you don't know about it, it hasn't happened right. I was slack-jawed as I listened to the extent of the deception and the utter depths of my ignorance. So now just because you know, just because your poor ego is bruised you want to piss away all that me and my team have accomplished. Tanya hissed. She was mad and getting madder. It was catching. Tom felt his heart rate climbing as Tanya continued her lurid defense of her team's dynamic he was growing angrier as well. For a moment, just a moment during his drive home from Bradley's he thought, if it was just this once with Phil, maybe he can forgive it. That thought had long since died a bloody but swift death. He didn't need to hear anymore. He didn't want to hear anymore but she went on. No sir, we're not going to let you get away with it. You're going to text Bob and Alice back and let them know that you heard from me and we were stuck in Atlanta but have reservations for the morning. That's the story Betty and Bill are going to use and you're going to back them up so help me. She shouted, There are tens of millions riding on this deal, and your hurt feelings don't mean a fuck. Send the text then we can talk about how we manage going forward. Manage going forward. I shouted, There's no managing it going forward. You're leaving. Now. You and your sick team and your leader Phil can carry on as you want. We're done. I'll find an attorney this week and get it working. It's a simple 50 over 50 split. You keep your retirement. I'll keep mine. Tom said. But go. You have reservations in town. Use them. Head off to Boston and score another amazing win for you and your team. 
Tom, please send those texts. Tanya said in a much softer tone, pleading with me, if we lose Betty or Bill before the presentation the company could lose millions. You and I, we could lose tens, maybe hundreds of thousands in commissions and bonuses. Just think of all the places we could go with that money. Just you and I, forget about this and let you claim my pussy is yours. Please Tom, don't let someone do concern about some random sex derail us. Phil says I'm on the fast track to executive status all I have to do is keep producing like we do for a few more years. Don't you want that for me? For you? She asked. Tanya just leave. He just managed to say then he was hit hard in the back and the wind was knocked out of him as he continued to the floor with a knee in his back. Don't hurt him. Tanya said. Too badly. She added. So, the jury's still out on breaking my nose huh? Phil said as he leaned down and put his face up next to mine as I lay pinned on the floor. Tanya must have a transmitter, he thought. So now I know whose team she's batting for. We'll see whose nose gets broken. Phil smiled. Get his fucking phone and type the fucking texts for him. We don't have time for this shit. Someone yanked him up from the floor. Only one person. He intentionally played hurt making the guy behind him exert a lot of force to bring him to his feet. That gave him some needed intel. His captor was a weak office fucker and was wheezing from the effort to get Tom to his feet. Tom was getting his breath back after being sandbagged and was getting his head back in the game. Unlike Phil and his team of manicured salespeople Tom's team worked in the field with special operators. Oh, his group of engineers weren't anywhere near their league but in spending time with the crews while working test missions the team were invited to work off their Pillsbury Doughboy Bellas under the tutelage of some hard-hitting workmen. If these men showed up on your doorstep it was because they were sent there and your days on earth had come to an end. Tom and his team built the gadgets they needed to get into and more importantly out of some hot places. Tom's team took pride that their gadgets did the mission and didn't fail the operators. The operators showed their appreciation by training Tom and the team in very basic but very effective hand-to-hand defensive techniques. They told the engineers, better to know some things, just in case. Tom let his breathing get more under control and let himself slump back into his captor allowing him to think he had Tom restrained. He was remembering more of the fighting techniques the spec ops guys had showed them. Be weak till you can be strong. Then be an unstoppable force. Give me the phone Tom. Phil said looking him in the eye. Listen, now you know that I've fucked your wife and came in her pussy and ass. Tom me and every guy on the team shot are come all over Tanya's lovely face more times than I can remember. Forget this macho guy shit. You're just another wimp cuck boy. Do as we ask and maybe you can still fuck Tanya when the team isn't using her. And remember all the toys you can buy with her bonus. That was one hot story from our friend. Make sure to subscribe and check the links down below to be notified for daily episodes that would make your day a few times spicier as we listen to our friend's erotic stories.